Welcome to Middle of the Dial, a music show for the entertainment website Middle of the Row. My name is Jonathan Rahul, and I'm one of the writers and contributors at Middle of the Row. I'm also one of the co-hosts for the Middle of the Row podcast, where myself and my colleagues Lauren, Ben, and Zach discuss anything and everything entertainment related, including video games, TV, and movies. So you should totally subscribe to that on iTunes, Google Play, or listen at middleofrow.com. We do talk about music every now and then, but with their blessing, I've created this show to focus solely on music-related content, including news, song features, and interviews. So if you are a music aficionado, or even if you only found out after he died that Michael Jackson sang Thriller, shout out to Ben, I hope you keep listening. On today's show, I have an interview I did with journalist Luke O'Neill. Luke is a freelance journalist based in Boston and a regular contributor to Esquire. We discussed his tenure as the curator of Emo Night Boston, Emo Music Past and Present, and his band No Hope No Harm. At the end, we'll also feature a song from them titled Our Vile Body. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Luke O'Neill. So, I was just wondering if you could talk about Emo Night Boston and how long you've been doing it and what it's like. Sure, yeah, so we. St- I think it's probably been three years, or uh, a little bit over three years, um, and uh, we we do it every month, we do it at this club called the Sinclair, which is like, um, you know, it's the type of venue that you would, for people who aren't from, from Boston, it's, it's probably the place that you would want to see a show, uh, it's owned by the Bowery groups, but they, but they get lots of great uh, emo and punk stuff in there, all the touring bands and everything. So, like, once a month we take over uh, the the front room there, and uh, it's just, it, you know, it's just a blast. It's like, it's, I think it's a little different maybe than some of the bigger ones that people might be familiar with, like the Brooklyn or the L.A. and stuff like that, which are more like a, a show. Ours tends to be, you know, just kind of like people hanging out. Uh, you know, we do sing-alongs and stuff like that, but it's 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 more like low-key and, and kind of... Um, like a chance for people to to hang out every month and to make new friends who are into the same type of music and and um, I don't know it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, to be honest, I uh, the last one I wasn't that fun. I I get kind of I like sick of uh, the, a lot of the stuff that people expect. You know, like um, I I'm super not into the idea of emo and emo nights in particular being all about this like four year period in the early two thousands of T V. Yeah. And so I kind of got pretty salty and the the couple of weeks ago when we were doing it. I, I like started the night I think you I don't know if you saw me post this on Twitter, but I, I was like I'm trolling emo night by actually playing emo. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I so I wanted to talk about that because you also posted the screenshot of I guess you have a Facebook page for it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one of the girls made a comment about only knowing a few of the songs or whatever. No, it was worse than that. She was like, nobody knows any songs. And it was, I, 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 I don't remember what exactly what, uh, it was, I played like, uh, you know, Promise Ring and Get Up Kids. Those aren't like exactly obscure. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, then and then some, some more like stuff that, I guess a lot of people don't know, like 
Christy Front Drive and, and Cap and Jazz and, and stuff like that. Um, and I'm not trying to be the guy who's like, you know, if you weren't there, fucking DC hardcore or whatever, then you're not cool. I, I'm totally not that guy. But I, I do think that, you know, if you're, if your thing is like, I'm into emo, you should, you should probably have a little bigger for a little bit bigger of a frame of reference than, um, you know, taking back Sunday or whatever. Yeah. So uh, this is yeah. interesting because I think we originally connected on Twitter because I think you made some comment about, uh, like the pop goes series and you had, you mm-hmm. talked about a couple of those songs. And so that's, I, I was I was taken back because I was just like this guy seems like a very like knowledgeable in depth uh, music veteran kind of and so okay. um, say old you call me old <laughs> no I'm not I'm not well here's what I'm saying so I grew up I'm like one of those people that you're talking about where when I grew up like that was my frame of reference for what emo was like taking right. back Sunday brand new those kinds of bands but mm-hmm. so I'm interested in that earlier like the the real forefront of the genre so like the cap and jazz the rights of spring right. that kind of thing what was your what was your in early engagement and interaction with those types of bands um well i was a uh i i think it's funny i, I played this the other night I, the, 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 I think the first emo band i ever knew about, of was the band elliot and uh when I, I went to college in the in the late 90s um here in Massachusetts and, and I had a friend who was like, the, you know, the super cool guy that like knew all indie bands and everything. And he started turning me on to some of this stuff. And, uh, I think it was that false cathedrals, the, the Elliot album. And then he, uh, turned me on to four minute mile, the get up kids album. Mm-hmm. And then I started like working at the, um, college radio station, which was like, kind of it was much more of a thing i don't even know if they still bother doing it now at colleges but it was you know in the 90s it was like uh college radio was like an actual force in like spreading how indie bands developed and and people got to hear about them and stuff and so we would get you know every every cool record that you would want to hear and i remember getting this cat and jazz it must have been a reissue um and uh and just sort of like everything would come in through the radio station and it was awesome and um we so i went to school in worcester which is you know a little bit outside of boston and and not too far from providence either so we would go to the clubs all the time to see these bands when they would come through i think i remember the first show that i went to that was probably you would call emo i mean it's definitely emo it might have been one before um but was uh it was the get up kids and the anniversary and that must have been like 97 or 98 and yeah man i was just hooked and and it was i don't know if we really talked about it as being emo at the time i don't i think even then bands were already like annoyed by being called emo. Um, and, but there was, there was just this, as there is now, uh, there was back then, whether or not, like you can't just say this is what makes something emo. It's just like, you kind of knew and like, 
Mm-hmm. You could just kind of feel like, you know, like with like newer bands and stuff like, I don't know, pop isn't necessarily emo or front bottoms. They're not emo, but they are, you know, it's just like, yeah. you, like cause everyone who likes emo likes those bands and it's just, it's just one of the ways that it was weird ways that genres sh- sort of work. It stops being about the actual, you know, uh, technical, you know, aspects of the music or, or what time signatures or what tone or your, and it just becomes like, all right, these are the bands that we all like. So this kind of come, you know, you, you these get swept into the, the genre as well. And that's like, that's my, that's, you know, overall, like, that's my uh thinking about emo it's it's it doesn't have to be like even when i posted that thing you know i'm playing real emo then of course there's dudes that came at me with all these these other things like well technically that's those bands you know those are indie midwestern emo doesn't count as emo it's like (laughs) that's more indie rock and so i mean you know that i basically you know broader the umbrella super narrow and cutting our things off cutting ourselves off to things um but yeah from so so that's what you know college that's kind of what i when i got into it and and it wasn't like my only thing i was always i was also like a super indie rock guy too and at the time there was like you know the two big probably the two biggest bands at the time were for for indie rock and for like college radio was uh modest mouse and built to Spill. Yeah, and those are like two interesting bands, and that they sort of certainly uh, a lot of the earlier Modern Response records, but even Built to Spill, they they sort of kind of get this tangential emo uh, membership as well. So it was, you know, there was a, indie rock had a lot more of this this uh, emo style, you know, from the shouting, and the discord, and stuff, and. And um, so, yeah, that that was basically where where I sort of really started to to get into music. Um, like in high school, fortunately, I, w- I got some pretty cool stuff in high school because you know Massachusetts. That was right around the time that Massachusetts was sort of the spot uh, with like Dinosaur Junior and the Pixies and stuff like that. So that was like my first introduction into you know sort of cool music. Um, but uh but yeah we yeah we had a pretty good year uh in boston for a while and 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 it and then you know pieball the converge and stuff like that came a little bit later on and you know sort of hardcore scene in boston was always uh a big deal so there was like you know no shortage of 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 bands to you know never ended cave in and stuff like that yeah so it and it seems like when i was looking at your playlist on spotify it seems like you stayed through and you like followed followed along with the i guess the mainstream years of emo i guess i'll say it like when bands like brand new and taking back sunday and fall up but when they like in my chemical romance they really got super popular or whatever mm-hmm. um which i think like uh people like that uh that person you talked about uh that was there that one night was probably are probably used to hearing or when they think about emo or like dashboard confessional or whatever yeah. that kind of thing so what is and not that I don't appreciate, maybe not as much when I was younger, but I still appreciate a lot of the music by some of those bands. But what's your take on the genre now? Because I feel like it's changed a lot from 
that kind of middle period when it really rose and got super popular. No, you know, for sure. And, and, and by the way, I love, you know, I, I actually, I, I was never really a follow-up boy fan. I like their hits, but I like, uh, I love all those other bands and especially dashboard and, and, um, even more so, uh, further seems forever. Who, their oh, yeah. first is like one of my favorite emo records ever. Maybe, uh, all types of, of music. Okay. Uh, so wait, hold on. Interruption side note. Um, yeah. what's your favorite further seems forever record though? Like, oh, is, uh, like, would you say, okay. So John Bunch, Jason Gleason, uh, Gleason, excuse me, Chris Caraba. Who's the bet? Who's, who's the uh, definitive uh, further seems forever front man. Caraba for sure. The other guys uh, are good. The other guys are good. I really liked um, "Hide Nothing" was good, and uh, and and I even liked "How to Start a Fire," which I don't know if as, as many people uh, really like. Why? Who's your Who's your guy? I, I'm a Jason Gleason guy, like through and through. Like I liked "Hide Nothing," um, yeah. but I think I don't know. I now, granted, I think I've only listened to "The Moon Is Down" like maybe a couple times through. I guess I I was. Uh, and it's the best. It's so good. It's so D- good. Disagree, but um, well, I feel like I guess maybe because I was exposed first to Dashboard, so I only ever knew Chris Caraba within the context of like more stripped away acoustic kind of music. Yeah. And so, uh, but no, some of the some of the notes in in How to Start a Fire, like there's a couple songs like on Legendary, which starts as that like piano ballad and then just kinds of explodes. And yeah. it's just like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, so I'm a Jason Gleason guy. That's that's my All right. Thing. Well, it's okay, it's okay. You're wrong, but it's fine. <laughs> Fair well, it's interesting because I wonder, because Chris Haraba, I remember they got pretty much the old lineup for Further Seems Forever back together, right? And they released yeah, the fourth I, album. Yeah, and they, um, and that, there was a couple good songs on that too. I thought, and and I, I, got, I never got. I don't think I, I never got to see them like back when. I think that was they wouldn't have. I don't know if they actually. Maybe they didn't even tour off that record. I think like that. The Moon Is Down came out after he like he quit just before it came out. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, um, but I, I remember okay. in the music video for Snowbirds and Townies, it wasn't even him. It was Jason Gleason right. just right. lip syncing to it. But um, no, I I did get to see it when they toured on whatever it was the 10th or 15th anniversary a few years back, and I definitely. Uh, I went there and you know got a little dusty in the room there for that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, um, but yeah, but uh, I don't know. It's for like the uh, the newer stuff. I mean, that to me, and I, you know, I've said this in a couple uh, other times. I've talked about this stuff, uh, emo night stuff. Is that that's the best part of it for me? Uh, is to you know one be able to share new music with people who who maybe aren't keeping up, you know, like at a certain point, people tend to stop being ravenous about finding new music. And, you know, maybe in your mid to late twenties, or maybe even earlier for a lot of people. Uh, and then especially by the time you're in your thirties and mid thirties and, and even older than that, I'm, I just turned 40 and people do not seek out new music anymore, but there's certain types of people that, remain open to it and which is like the best thing in the world and like our crowd at emo night is probably i don't know if i had to guess it would be like 25 or 20 25 to 28 is probably the, the average age so those people you know they, they've graduated college maybe they're not around um 
as many people talking about music anymore. So I think the best thing for me is to like be able to share these new bands that they might not know of. Um, you know, I'm just like taking a look like, you know, like Camp Cope or, you know, uh, Fourth Wanderers or Free Throw or like, bands like that. Like they're all, those bands do, you know, tour and do pretty well. But I think the average mainstream emo fan might not know about them. So that's like the best part when you get to play them. Or when you play like Tiger's Jaw and everyone gets super stoked and yeah. it's a big song to Tiger's Jaw. Um, like that, that's what makes me still want to do it. Like I have no fucking interest in, you know, singing along to Hawthorne Heights anymore with everybody. <laughs> just don't want to do it. Fair and, enough. No, and I like, <clears throat> you know, I and, and I like that shit. I just don't want to listen to it every month. Yeah. Um, so for me, like the only reason to to still keep doing it is to, is to play, you know, the brand new bands uh, for for kids who who might not know them or to learn about them. You know, I I learn about like you know every every month when we do emo night, I'm always asking the people who come on the Facebook or or whatever Instagram to like you know hit me to the bands that I don't know because there's so much. Yeah. It's like impossible to keep. I my I admittedly I I don't keep up as much as I used to. Like I used to go to you know shows three or four nights a week. Uh, you know from the time I was like seventeen until I was like thirty five, and now it's just like you know too tired for that shit now. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting because I think. Do you feel like this? the new stuff that's coming around, do you feel like it's more closely aligned with the early stages of email than say that like middle period? Do you feel like it fits? So like when you put together a playlist uh, for emo night, do you feel like you could transition from a cap and jazz or an American football song to say like a free throw song much more smoothly yeah. than you could like that and Hawthorne Heights say or yellow there's card a, or something like that. There's both. There's like, I feel like there's bands that are, are occupying that sort of indier side of it, like, you know, with the, the more noodly guitars and kind of turkey-jerky type of stuff. And uh, I don't know, like, um, You Blew It or is, a, is a good example of that. I think there are bands I really like who, who are definitely have that. Amer- like, there's so many bands with that American football-style guitar um and then but i feel like they're the space that's the bands that are filling that sort of that would have been on mtv there's there tend to be more the on the pop punk side you know like like um uh what the fuck are they called i I really like them who's the who's the one band that all the pop punk bands sound like um god damn it what is totally skipping my mind they get the the super whiny voice and the breakdowns. Uh, that's all right. That's all of them. <laughs> uh, well, I feel like Newfound Glory oh. was that first. Well, one. no. Wait, yeah, no. They're named after a Newfound Glory song. Oh, oh, the story so far. Story so far, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like them, but but I feel like bands like that. Those are the bands that are like playing like to a thousand kids, and everyone's going sick, and and you know, um, um four years strong and uh a day to remember and, and bands like that those those are the that's like 
pop punk is sort of and I guess I guess the, the, the what we're talking about the two thousand popular emo bands they they were sort of more pop punk anyway. So, but I mean, I'm happy with both of those. I'm happy with having like a happy, you know, extended family between the the emo bands with the more indie side and, and the pop punk and, and even the hardcore. You know, like we'll play some like completely you know uh, non non-hit hardcore type stuff yeah um and then you know then there's the bands that that i don't even know like um with the the bands that are on the more like metal sort of side of things or or like the but in a bad way i don't know like bring me the horizon or or there's like a whole genre like that which i tend to not really know much about well they all also tend to look the same so it's kind of hard to like differentiate them (laughs) They also have that like swoop haircut that was really popular from back then too, that you thought would grow old, but then somehow my still partner, stuck around. My partner Nick kind of he likes that stuff, so he I leave that stuff to him. <laughs> uh, and I mean I don't mind it. I, I I don't know my favorite. Not that this is not that they're really the same type of thing, but my favorite band for a long time was the Used. So you know I'm not I'm certainly not uh, being like the I'm too cool for anything type of guy. But um, no, I don't know. I think I, overall, I'm just happy to. I'm just happy that people like fuck emo night, fuck my thing. I'm just happy that people are going to see these bands live, you know, and and that's really what it's supposed to be about. And and I don't know what it's like like everywhere else, but in Boston, they're doing. You know, these bands are doing pretty well when they come through. So I don't know. It's 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 cool to see people stoked about this type of music um you know and 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 just people who want to get into older stuff that's great people who don't you know if you if you're supporting new bands that's great too but i guess just just don't keep it about you know that one year period of or, or four year five year period of your youth you know because that's that's just nostalgia and that's corny yeah for sure so then tell me about so you're in a band called no hope no harm uh, yes. which essentially leans in that uh, direction, or we'll say extended family, like you said, of emo. So what was, how'd that, how'd you guys get that group together? What was the intention for the music that you guys wanted to do with that? Well, that's, I was in, um, so I keep talking about how I'm, I'm fucking old. <laughs> I, was in, I was in a band all in my 20s and stuff, and we kind of went and did the, tried to do the whole thing, um, but didn't quite make it, so I, I gave that shit up. And it, you know, I probably stopped like eight years ago or something. And then my friend Aaron, who's in, in No Hope, No Harm with me, he's been, you know, he, he's had been in other bands that have had like some pretty good levels of success and done tons of shit. And, you know, been, uh, one band, The Shield the of Divine, who were like one of my favorite Boston bands ever. And so we, you know, had been talking about, doing stuff for a long time and finally was like, all right, fuck it. I'll do a band again. And it's been great. And, and he was actually one of the people that I always tried to sound like when I was in my other band, um, which is really hard to do because he has like a super, uh, one of the best singing voices, uh, I've ever heard. Um, so, um, you know, about like a year ago, we just started writing songs and, and then, then kind of like, I guess maybe because we're both kind of well-known, in Boston, um, you know, him, me, in part for music and, and also more of like a writing personality, we 
we've, we've gotten some pretty good attention and we, we won a Boston Music Award a couple months ago, a month ago, and we got to play there um, at the House of Blues, which was like a pretty big deal for me because um, it was definitely the biggest stage and biggest crowd I'd ever played for. Um, and, and no, it's been kind of fun, man. I, it's nice to be back into it. It's changed a decent amount since I stopped doing it, you know, uh, in, in, you know, like the mid two thousands, everything is completely different now. And, uh, but, but, but the same, the, the same things that are important to me are still the, uh, the most important, you know, just trying to write a good song that, that people actually can connect with. And, and I feel like we've done that a couple of times and, uh, I'm just happy to happy to have the chance to do it again. Nice. How do you think you kind of, you kind of hit on something, something. I, with? Sorry, so I'm getting some feedback. Um, Warp Tour. So Kevin Lyman announced this year that next summer is going to be the last summer for Warp Tour. What do you think? Being in a couple of bands and being in one that's been gaining some traction in your local scene. What do you think that landscape's going to look like for bands now who are just starting out? Who are trying to make it their their career aspirations or the things that they do for an extended time what can you talk about that a little bit i think i don't know i don't know know in particular that the warp tour was ever good for for local or smaller bands just starting out i I feel like they certainly packed as many bands onto it as they could and and a lot of bands you know, when they were, were just starting out or, or super young, would would do Warped Tour and, and, and get discouraged. And I, I feel like I've heard lots of stories about bands breaking up after their first Warped Tour. Um, and I don't know. It's it's weird. Like, I think that it's mo- it's really important for people to to kind of... Like, if you, if you come right out of the gate and you're obviously... Everyone's blown away and you're like, wow, these guys are amazing. You're going to know, but... Otherwise, it's good to, to sort of, like, uh, gestate in your local scene and, and not to, like, burn yourself out before you really know what you are yet, you know, a lot. Of, and, <clears throat> you know, a lot of bands, like, it's a lot easier to go hit the road for three months of shitty dates when you're 21 and, you know, you don't have any responsibilities and you love, you know, there's no problem sleeping on the couch and whatever, Um but a, a lot of people do that too soon, and it, it kind of fucks them up. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't really care too much about Warp Tour being there or being gone. I feel like this scene, the larger, you know, punk, emo, whatever scene, I feel like it's doing uh, better than it has in a long time, at least in terms of show attendance, uh, album sales and stuff like that, and bands being able to make money is, is a different story. But um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to miss Warped Tour. I, 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 they did a lot of good stuff, but you know, as long as, as long, as, I, I, you know, I've talked about this a lot. I think festivals like that are a shitty way to see bands, anyways. So you know, I just want to see people going to their to their local indie club and, and, and supporting the bands there. So you talked about uh, you guys won a Boston Music Award recently, which is huge. Um, you guys played a show with Bad Rabbits, Weekend Friends, Tall Heights. Talk to me. Talk to me a little bit about the Boston music scene now. What's it like? Well, it's it's re- I, there isn't one thing. That's a thing, and which is cool because, like when I was 
was trying to catch up. I looked at the, you know, I was listening to as many different Boston Music Awards nominees as I could, and, and there was, like, almost no um, through line. You know, everything was, was different. And and there's a lot of hip-hop coming up right now, too, uh, which is great because, you know, I love to see Boston being represented by something other than, you know, just the whatever you think of the, the you know, indie rock or whatever it is with people that are certainly not like shit like Aerosmith or whatever people think of Boston. Um, and, you know, then there's like really cool like pop, power pop stuff like Weekend Friends and then and Bad Rabbits are just, you know, I think everyone should know that they're fucking kick ass. Um, and then we, you know, we've got like great like... It, Especially like women in Boston are really kicking ass right now. Like and Pale Hound and everyone obviously knows Speedy Ortiz. Um, so I'm just happy that it's all over the place in terms of genre and the types of people that are being being represented. You know, it's it's you know as a as a guy uh, as a white guy, I'd like to hear less from, from people like me. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Hang up my band after we get off the phone here. <laughs> what is it? Uh, speaking of which, uh, tell me a little bit about this song. So I'm going to play in a second. Uh, Our Vile Body by No Hope No Harm. Tell me a little bit about the writing of the song, the recording of that song, what that was like. This one, Aaron, my guitar player, uh, he came in with this, with this um, riff for this one, and, and we were talking about the, you know, wanted it to be sort of this mix of, of shoegaze kind of uh, meets like sunny day real estate, so you know that that's sort of what we were going for. Uh, I think I think we did a pretty good job of it. You know, kind of a mix of of nineties emo and 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 in the, the type of like nineties like British shoegaze stuff, which you know both, um, which is kind of both of our favorite styles, uh, uh, respectively. So, um, yeah, and, and, and just basically about, you know, uh, wanting somebody to, uh, to let you go, even though you know that they, you're not strong enough to do it, so you're waiting for them to, to sort of, uh, you know, put the, put the final uh, nail in the coffin for you. Very nice. So it's, it's interesting that you bring up that shoegaze aspect, too, because I feel like uh, that's been kind of seeing a re- emergence or a resurgence in the uh in the emo scene too with turnover uh their not last album but the album before that purple vision and then even title fight with their most recent album too hyper something yeah the name of that one but yeah for sure and and that's and that's great because like that's eventually you know we get to a point that the only ways to innovate is to combine old shit and new into new patterns so uh, as long as we can keep doing that, we'll, we'll never run out of new music. Cool. So let's take a listen real quick. Uh, again, it's Our Vile Body by No Hope, No Harm.
We were just listening to Our Vile Body by No Hope No Harm. It features Luke O'Neill, who is a freelance journalist based in Boston and a regular contributor to the Esquire. Luke, where can people follow you online? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at uh, LukeO'Neill47, and uh, you will probably be surprised at how often uh, this guy tweets. <laughs> so, but yeah, but... Uh, yeah, check me out there, and you can see my, you know, most of my writing is on Esquire.com. So, yeah, feel free to check it out and uh, check out the bands. Uh, we're on, on just on Bandcamp, so no hope, no harm, Bandcamp. Sweet, awesome. Sweet. Luke, it's been a pleasure, sir. Thank you very much Thanks. for talking. All right, nice talking to you, man. So since that conversation with Luke, No Hope No Harm has actually announced their latest EP, which is called Swimming in the Charles. You can take a listen to the latest song off of it called Toxic Baby at nohopenoharm.bandcamp.com. That's going to do it for the inaugural episode of Middle of the Dial. My name is Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at AnotherRahulJ. You can also follow my writings and other podcast episodes online at middleofroad.com and be sure to follow us on Twitter at Middle of Road. So until next time, the best songs are in the middle of the dial. Stay golden.